Let's praise Jesus in this place. Come on.
worship you, Jesus. Praise you, God. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with
this blood, our Father in heaven, we worship you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus.
surrender this place to you this morning, God. And we're not coming crawling or walking, God, but we're coming running to you, God. Because you're so worthy. Your arms are open wide for us, God. That loving embrace of the Father is ours. It's for everyone. Lord, you beckon your people to you. And Lord, I just pray as we just worship you this morning. Uh, Spirit, move in this place. Move in our hearts. Stir us to action, uh, Lord, as we worship you, as we pray, as we hear from your word in a few moments, God. It is a great joy to be with God's people in his house, giving him all the glory. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Hey, before you sit down, turn to your neighbor and say hi this morning. before the pastor even gets up here. What an incredible time um, to be together, to worship God. I'm so excited that you are here. My name is Julia. I'm the college young adult minister at Anastasia Church. And on behalf of all of our pastors, ministry staff, we are so delighted that you are here joining us this morning. If this is your first time, I want to encourage you um, to get connected with us. There's a couple ways you can do that. You can text the number 904-441-6900 and text the word CONNECT. That will pull up our digital connect card. Let us know where you're visiting from. Or if you've been around for a while and you have a prayer request, that's an excellent way to get those to us. We um, love praying over y'all as a staff um, each week. So um, just let us carry those burdens with you and um, be a part of the church that way. You can also text that same number, 904-441-6900, and text the word news. That will pull up our digital bulletin. So if it's... Tuesday night and you want to know what's happening the rest of the week, you can pull that up anytime, um, wherever you are on your cell phone. A few things that we have coming up. We have been praying for our new ministry building and we have a very special congregation meeting happening May 22nd at 4 p.m. here in the CLC. I hope that y'all will be there. It's going to be a fantastic time of hearing how God is moving in our church and the steps that we will be taking forward. So I hope you'll be a part of that meeting on May 22nd. And also my favorite week of the year is Vacation Bible School, June 13th. We need, yeah, I'm excited too. We need volunteers. So we have a table on the atrium. If you would like to serve, we could definitely use you. If you are not able to be here that week, no worries. We have a place for you as well. And we always, always cover your prayers. Last year, we had 27 children make decisions for the Lord at Vacation Bible School. And it can't happen without a church family that pours into this generation like y'all have done in the past and I know you're going to do this year. So if you would like to be a part of this incredible week, please stop by the table. Um, We'd love to talk with you and see how you can fit in there. And speaking of decisions for Christ, we have a beach baptism happening May 15th. So if you have never made your decision to follow Christ public, 
that will be an excellent opportunity. The beach baptisms are one of my favorite things that we as a church body do. My oldest son was baptized at the beach and it was just such a special time of celebrating. And so if you are ready to take that next step, there will be counselors here after the sermon. Um, you can talk to any of them. You can talk to any of the pastors. We would love to help you take that next step. And church family, let's be there. Let's encourage them. Let's celebrate what God is doing. And with that, we have a very special presentation. So I will turn the attention to Pastor Sam. Well, good morning, church. I want to introduce you to a very, very special family in the life of our church. It's the Lewis family. And uh, this is Scott. And this is Sarah. And this is Billy. And missing Katie here. But uh, they started a very, very uh, incredible ministry 20 years ago, believe it or not. And it was our annual Easter egg hunt. And uh, for 20 years, this family has been so faithful to uh, ensure that the Easter egg hunt happens each year. And it's all started with Sarah over there asking Scott one day, uh, Daddy, why doesn't our church have an Easter egg hunt? And that started our annual Easter egg hunt. And can I tell you just what a profound impact that this family has had on our church? This past Easter egg hunt, we had an over 1,000 people in attendance. We had over 400 kids here all because God put on this family's heart to start an annual Easter egg hunt. So we want to honor them for 20 years of their faithful service. And so, first of all, church, can we just give them a round of applause? Can we just thank them for their, their ministry here? And we have some gifts we would like to, expose, uh, to give you this morning. The highest honor that we can give, uh, some flowers, and then we have the golden egg. Uh, for 20 years of annual Easter egg hunts that we want to give... Please don't crack the egg yet. We still have to present it a couple more times. A chocolate bunny. And so, but we are, we are just beyond grateful for your ministry and how you've impacted this church and this community. And so church, uh, not only have they been generous, but you guys have been generous to support the Easter Egg Hunt ministry uh, for the last 20 years. So I just want to take a moment. I want to pray over this family and thank you all for your impact. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much for the Lewis family. Thank you so much for the heart that they have to see young families uh, blessed. And God, we know that so many kids have, have been introduced to our church, to our children's ministry because of the ministry that they helped start so many years ago. So God, we just pray blessing over this family. Pray, Father, that they would know, God, what impact that they have made. And God, I thank you for this church who took one family's vision and, and passion, Lord, and partnered with them so that we could reach this community with the gospel and just share the good news of Jesus. So God, just pray blessings over this family. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you, church. Amen. What a great morning to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be here today, huh? Amen. My name is Pastor Jeremy. I am one of the pastors on staff here at Anastasia Church, and we are continuing on with a sermon series about uh, the red letters of Jesus. This, uh, this world or the reality of this world can really weigh on you pretty heavily if you, if you get su sucked into it sometimes. You start to think about some of the stuff in this, in this life there that can like cause you depression or make sadness that kind of comes out of nowhere. Sometimes um, the sinfulness of this world can really weigh heavy on your heart. I heard a preacher once, he said, when you get so um, de uh, 
distracted or disgusted with the evil in this world, we also can realize that that same evil is inside of us. And so sometimes that the weight of sinfulness can, can really weigh heavy on us. Maybe it might make you frustrated or um, might, maybe there's stress in this world and your job or in your life and your family that kind of weighs heavy on you and you, you kind of get frustrated with the things in this world. Maybe, um, maybe it's just your age. You know, as another birthday comes along and you're just like, you feel a couple of extra hurts that you didn't feel before. Maybe your feet hurt a little bit more than they did before. Maybe, maybe your back hurts in places more often than ever did before. And you're like, I don't like this, this whole age thing. You know, I don't really recommend getting older, right? Maybe, maybe it's your job. You know, a lot of people, they don't like their job. And a lot of people, their, their job creates an incredible amount of stress um, over them and, and, and maybe it's even like you turn on the news and you look at politics. Oi, things get really bad. If you like, like neither one of them can, uh, can uh, agree with each other and everybody hates everybody and who knows what's going to come of any of it, right? So uh, uh, maybe, maybe the politics in this world kind of stress you out and kind of weigh heavy. See, a lot of people turn to virtual realities, to kind of escape the reality of this world. A lot of people turn to video games and that's where they get their, their action or their adventure. Um, they're seeking out some sort of, some experiential thing in their video games. Some people turn to social media um, is a place where they get the affirmation for who they are. They put themselves out there, whether it's the food that they're eating or the clothes that they're wearing or the makeup that they've tried or the new skin product that they've tried and they put it out there and they want people to like them. They want people to, to affirm them or they get their community Community from how they interact with people on social media more than just people, you know? A lot of times um, people will go to doing remote work or the remote learning or even our doctor's visits are, are more often than not remote. You know, that's kind of nice. But, um, but when people, it's, it's all virtual. There's so much in our world today that becomes virtual instead of um, what this world actually offers us. But God offers us something that is so much more exciting, um, that can shape our reality. He can shape our reality into something completely new and more adventurous than anything that this world has to offer us. Better than we could ever imagine. And many of us, amen, and many of us in this room know about that because God has changed our lives. But um, maybe there's some people in this room or maybe there's some people who are watching online and maybe you're saying, you know what, I'm kind of intrigued by what that is. That God could offer me something that's more exciting than this, than what this world has to offer us. And um, I'm going to talk to you today about this message, this series that we're beginning is called Radical Reality. There is a reality in Christ, not in religion, not in religion, but there's a reality that is in Christ that is so much more adventurous than what this world has to offer. And so we're studying the red letters in our Bibles. The red letters are, are the words of Jesus. You'll find them most in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the stories of Jesus's life. But I think it's kind of fun, kind of interesting when those red letters pop up in the rest of your Bible, in other parts of the Bible. Reading through the Bible and all of a sudden in, um, in, in the book of Acts, you're like, Jesus has already died, been resurrected and ascended to the, to the Father in heaven. So he's in heaven. And then all of a sudden there's some red letters pops up again. And you're like, oh, okay, there's Jesus. You know, and then later on in, in, um, in the book of Acts, when 
Paul's on the road to Emmaus and, or no, the road to Damascus. And, um, Jesus appears to him. It's like, Oh, there's some red letters. That's kind of cool. You'll even see as you read on through your Bible, um, in the book of revelation, the book, beginning of the book of revelations, the message from Jesus to the churches is all in red letters. You're like, Oh wow, that's pretty cool. There's the teachings of Jesus. And then even all the way at the very, very end of the Bible in revelation chapter 20, you'll see the, um, the, the red letters of Jesus. It's kind of neat when Jesus pops up after the Gospels, but we're going to be studying the red letters in our Bible through this series. Last week, Pastor taught us about how Jesus cares for those that nobody else will care for. He encouraged us to serve in our church and most importantly, outside of the church, which is where the church becomes so evident and clear to those outside the church. Many churchgoers say that they're followers of Christ, But a lot of them don't even have any idea what Jesus actually taught. So we're going to be studying those red letters to look at the teachings of Jesus. And today we're going to be talking about what I believe is one of the most foundational teachings of Jesus. So if you turn with me in your Bible to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. This is a a message that Jesus was teaching at the end of one of the most famous sermons ever written. It's or ever, ever preached. It was, uh, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. You see it in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, and Matthew chapter 7. You see, Jesus, uh, what, his mission wasn't to heal everybody. We hear a lot about the healings of Jesus. His mission wasn't to heal everybody. The Bible tells us that Jesus went into a certain town and he said, I'm not going to heal everybody here. As a matter of fact, sometimes he went and he said, I'm not going to heal anybody here because of their faith. Um, so he didn't go and heal Everybody, that wasn't his mission. His mission wasn't to tell everybody how wrong they've got all of their theology. Because Jesus' theology was perfect. He is God, so he knew all the answer, and he could have corrected everybody all along the way. His, real, his, his mission wasn't to tell everybody about how wrong they had it. His mission, believe it or not, was not to build a religion. His mission was not to build a religion. His mission was to offer salvation to the world. He came to die and offer salvation. He came here to shed his blood and offer salvation to an entire world and then get a few people, 12 of them to start, and inspire those 12 people, equip those 12 people, equip and, the, and his followers, equip them well enough so that after his mission was done to offer salvation, that they would take it to the world. That was the mission of Jesus. We're going to read um, what uh, also about what the end goal for all of that is in Matthew chapter seven. The words are not going to be up on the screen, but um, so I want to encourage you to read along with me. Um, We're reading in, I'm going to be reading out of the CSB version, Matthew chapter seven, starting in verse 13. This is at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. He said this, enter through the narrow gate for the Gate is wide and the road broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who will go through it. How narrow is the gate and difficult the road that leads to life and few find it. Be on your guard against false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravaging wolves. You'll recognize them by their fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, but a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, neither can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruits is cut down and thrown into the fire. 
so you'll recognize them by their fruit. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we drive out demons in your name? Didn't we do miracles in your name? And then I will announce to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreaker. Some versions say evildoers. This passage is at the end of where Jesus was telling everybody how, uh, how, what the kingdom of heaven is all about. He was kind of changing the rules. And, and all of his listeners were Jewish people listening. Most of them were Jewish people listening. And up until now, they had thought, oh, well, we're in because we've followed the whole law. And Jesus said, well, now if you, you, you've said you've never murdered anybody, but if you've ever had hatred in your heart towards somebody, it's like you've committed murder. You say you've never committed adultery, but if you ever had lust in your heart towards somebody else, then it's, it's like you've committed adultery. And so now all of a sudden, everybody's kind of like, oh, I thought I was in. I'm not in anymore. I, what, what, what's what, what, what's going to happen now? How, how, do we, how do you get to heaven? How do you get there? So they're all, they're all kind of, kind of uh, discouraged here at the end. And then Jesus said, narrow is the road and difficult is the gate that get to life. And there's few that walk on that road. So there's, there's three kinds of people that he mentions here. He mentions that there will be a few people that you know are going to get to heaven. There's going to be a few people, a few people that you know. And I, I uh, preached my mom's uh, funeral a few months ago. And um, it, while we were in that area, in, in that room, celebrating my mother's life, there was such a spirit in the room. And we all knew for sure where my mom was, where my mom is. She lived that kind of a life. And I knew that mom is in heaven. Their life will be hard and their reward will be great. There's a few people that you know that you know that you know they're there. But then there will be people in your life that you know will not be there. You know, some people that you're like, I know that person is not gonna be there. You know, maybe it's people who've gone before us, maybe it's people in history that you kind of know, maybe it's, maybe it's people that you just see the life that they live and you say, hey, um, they're, they're not gonna be there. The Bible describes those people as ravenous wolves in sheep's clothing you'll know that they're not going by the fruit that comes out of their life. And a lot of those people bring as many with them as many other people with them as possible. But then there are those people that Jesus mentions here in Matthew chapter seven. He says, not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. heaven." There are gonna be people who think that they're going to heaven, but they won't be going to heaven. They'll know how to talk the talk. They'll know how to go through the motions. They will probably be people who have great church attendance. They will be people who um, know, know about Jesus, but it's not knowing about Jesus. It's about knowing Jesus personally. The thing that is going to tip them off is that, is that Jesus said, I uh, depart from me because I never knew you. They say, we did the motions. We did all of the things. I had all of the, the, the words memorized. I knew all about the religion. But he'll say, depart from me because I never knew you. Now I'm gonna say something here and um, this, this uh, nine o'clock service is broadcast on the internet. It's actually live right now. And so I'm going on the internet 
and saying this permanently, right? It's not, it's not a popular idea, but here's, here's something that comes from the words of Jesus. There are a lot of people in today's world that will not make it to heaven. That's a, a sad and sobering thought. You know, and, and it's not really what I would personally care for it to be like that. If I was making up the rules, I actually kind of prefer the idea that religion and how you get to heaven would be more like a, like a bicycle wheel. We have all sorts of spokes, right? And there's, there's Islam and there's Judaism and there's, there's Shintoism and there's Taoism and there's all sorts of other isms and there's New Age and any other kind of, kind of religion and idea about God. And I, I would like it if, if you were any kind of trying to believe in whatever kind of God your culture ex- expressed to you or whatever thing you experienced, you have any kind of self-discipline towards God and goodness and any of that, that all roads would lead to heaven. I would like that. I would feel good about that. I would feel like that's a little bit more inclusive. I like that idea. But you know what? God doesn't, he says that's not how it is. The reality is, is that this is the truth. It has nothing to do with how I like it, okay? And so the truth is, is that there are a lot of people who are not going to get to heaven. There's going to be a lot of people, this is, going to, this is also going to be kind of unpopular to say it this explicitly. There's going to be a lot of people who go to hell, And the Bible describes it as a place that was created for Satan and his demons. It's not created for them. God's will is that none will perish. But there are going to be a lot of people who go to hell. And you don't want to go to hell. Nobody wants to go to hell. You don't want to go to hell. Some people say that it's manipulative for a pastor, for a preacher to talk about hell and try to persuade people to convert to Christianity or something by talking about hell. But if you were in a burning house that was literally burning, wouldn't it be uncaring of me to not try to persuade you out of that house? It would be uncaring of me not to shout at the top of my lungs, get out of there. You don't want to be in that burning house. Come away from there. Would it not be uncaring of me to try and coerce you, to drag you, to pull you out of that burning house? It would be. You don't want to go to hell. You don't wish anybody to go to hell. Many scholars believe that Jesus talked more about hell than he talked about heaven. We have a lot in the Bible that talks about the description of heaven, but Jesus talked very explicitly about what hell is like. He said there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's going to be a very, very sad place, a burning uh, fire that is an unquenchable flame. It will never, ever stop. He said that there is a, there is a chasm that is fixed between heaven and hell, and you can't pass between them. So once you're in hell, you're always there. I believe it's a heresy that to believe that you are extinguished at some point in hell. And and so I believe that there is no escaping it for all of eternity. You're not extinguished. You're not one cuz cuz I could handle it if it was just for like a thousand years. If there's at some point, you know, for maybe maybe 10,000 years, it might, you know, I might be able to live my life here and, and think, you know what, I'll try and do what I want. I'll take a gamble or whatever because, you know, maybe 10,000 years or 100,000 years, then I'm done. I'm over. 
but it is an unquenchable, everlasting flame that there is no escape. There's no party in hell. You're not going to go there with your buddies. There's no smoking pot and drinking beer and all of that stuff, that part. Oh yeah, me and my buddy, we're going to go to hell all together. We're going to have a great time. There's no rock and roll in hell. It's not. It's awful. You don't want anybody to go there. No matter what they've done, you shouldn't wish hell upon your worst enemy. Nobody. You know what the worst thing about it all is if that's not all bad enough? Completely and totally separated from God. We are created in God's image. We are created to bring him glory. And in hell, there is a separation, a darkness. The the fullness of God's wrath is present there, but you're separated from him personally forever. Never to have a relationship with God again. That's the worst part. The darkness, the separation. And a lot of people are going to go there. So says the red letters of my Bible. There will be a few people that will go to heaven. There is a narrow road and few people that walk on it. This says in verse 14, it says, how narrow is the gate and difficult is the road. When I read in the original translation, that word difficult means constricting. It's like, it's difficult, it's hard, it's constricting. It's, a, it's not an easy road. It shouldn't be this glad and happy. Everything's gonna be great for you if you're walking on the narrow road. It's a constricting road. It's a hard and difficult road and it's narrow. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse six, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Now, a lot of people say, well, that seems awful narrow-minded, don't you think? That seems awful narrow-minded that you would think there's, that you got the only right way and everybody else is wrong. Don't we, don't we kind of grown together as a society to think we could be a little bit more open-minded to things? That's not what Jesus said. That's not what God said. And that's what I believe. That, that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. See, complicated or important goals have a specific or narrow steps to complete those goals. So think about it like this. I've got a key to the candy cabinet in the youth center full of candy, okay? But I've got a lock on that little candy cabinet that I bought at Home Depot and it's a cheap little little lock. And you could probably go and buy that same type of lock at Home Depot and you could probably find many keys or pick it pretty easily because it's just a little lock to the candy cabinet of the, and the youth center. But if I had like a gun safe at my house, I'm going to try to get one of those big nice ones with lots of codes and, and handles and that kind of thing and, and steel reinforced bars and all that sort of stuff. It's probably going to be a little bit more difficult, a very much more narrow way to, to open up that gun safe because what's in, those, what's in that, that safe would be, would be very important, right? Now think about it like this. If, if I was going to try and find out and discover the codes to the nuclear football, Right. Even as I typed that out, like in my notes, I'm like, you know, they're watching, you know, they're watching everything, you know, you know, the, you know, they're listening to everything. Have you ever been talking about something? All of a sudden, like an ad pops up on your phone. You're like, oh, they're 
listening. So I'm like typing this as an illustration. I'm like, this is only an illustration if I was going to figure out the codes of nuclear football. Like, I'm like, I don't even know if I should type that out. Even now, it's on the internet. I'm like, I don't know if I should say this. This is only an illustration, right? And I'm sure there's a very specific and narrow way to unlock that thing. And I don't have it. I don't know it. I don't want anything to do with that, right? But there's a very narrow way to unlock that very, very important box. The more important the goal, the more narrow the steps are to complete it. What's more important than making it to heaven? What's more important and permanent than eternity? And Jesus is the only way. He's not just narrow-minded. It's the truth. And you know how else we can know that that's the truth? Because Jesus himself said he didn't want to do it. Think about it. When Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane, in Matthew chapter 26, verse 42, he says, if this cup can pass from me, he was praying to God. He said, if there's any other way that they can get to heaven, please let them do that. If there's any way that this cup can pass from me, if there's any other way that I'm not the only way, let, let those ways also be possible or so that I don't have to, to go to the tree. He said, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, let, my will not, or let uh, your will, not mine, be done. So that tells you that Jesus' death on the cross is the only way that somebody can get to heaven. Not everybody's going to make it to heaven. This is the big message of, 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 this, of this part of the series, is that not everybody's going to make it to heaven. But you know what? Praise the Lord, everybody can. Everybody can. See, the readers of Matthew thought, we're in. Matthew was written to Jewish people to convince them, persuade them that Jesus is the Messiah. And they thought, we're in. We're the chosen ones. We're, we, we're the Jews. We're the uncircumcised. We've kept the law. It's our heritage. Because we're religious, we're in. And I think that there's a lot of people in our churches that are like that. And these are the people that Jesus said, not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, or enemy will enter the kingdom of heaven. These, relig- these religious people, the Jews, they thought, we're in, we're okay. And Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruit. Can I ask you a crazy question? What percentage of people, this is rhetorical, what percentage of people in churches do you think will make it to heaven? What percentage of the people in today's churches will actually make it? You know, because the Bible says that um, when, when Jesus comes back, there's going to be two people in a field and one's going to go and one's going to stay. And they, they might have both thought that they were, they were going. There's going to be two people working in the house and one's going to go, one's going to stay. There's going to be two brothers and one's going to go, one's going to stay. So there's going to be some people that don't make it. A lot of people that don't make it. What percentage of Christians do you think will make it? Or of, of people in church, not Christians. 100% of Christians are going to make it. Um, people in church will make it. Let me ask you, let me take it a step further. Dare I say this? How many, what percentage of people in our church do you think will make it? Let me ask you this. Take it one little step further. Okay, this is going to maybe blow your mind just a little bit. What percentage of people in this room do you think will make it? Jesus is the only way. And not everybody's going to make it. But everybody can. Everybody can make it. 
And as I was preparing this message, I was, I was thinking there's going to be a lot of people who are, are Christians, who are, who are churchgoers. They're hearing this message and they're going to think, I've heard that before. I think I'm in. I think I believe in Jesus. I've done what I believe to, 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 um, to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. But I want to let you know that in a little bit, we're going to invite you. If you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to make that public today. To make that decision today. Don't wait another day. To go ahead and, and nail it down so that you can know that you know that you know that you'll make it to heaven. And if you know Jesus, so I also thought, I believe that we should always um, uh, have a point of action. We should always go out of here after hearing God's word and we should walk out, we should be changed. We should do something, right? So if there are a lot of, a lot of Christian people, a lot of Jesus followers in here, what's the point for them? What's the, what's the point of action? Check out these um, numbers that I looked up. We should have them up here on the screen as well. Um, if you, uh, in St. John's County in 2010, there were 191,243 people is in the population. Kind of cool. 2010, there was a lot of people in St. John's County, okay? And then I also looked up, according to the Association of Religious Data Archives, people in Protestant churches, this was a, a very wide net. They're Protestant churches, um, 36,265 people. And these, there's some, this is some really outlying churches. So I think that this is actually a very generous, um, generous number. So if you look at, there's 36,265 people attending church in 2010. And there's 191,243 people in St. John's County. You know what that means? That means that 18% of people in St. John's County were attending church. In other words, there are 82% of the people in 2010 that were not attending church anywhere. That's a staggering number. That's a wide road. That's a wide gate and a broad road. Since 2010, it's, you, can, you don't have to look far to hear the, the Southern Baptist statistic that 90% of churches in the SBC are either plateaued or declining in their attendance and the people that they reach. 90%. That's also probably a generous number nowadays. 90% are either plateaued or declining. I want to ask you a question. Do you think people are going to church more or less than they, used to, than they were 10 years ago, 12 years ago? Probably less. It seems that way. But we know that 90% of them have been plateaued or declining. But check this out. From 2010 to 2022... We've had an increase in population in St. John's County of 155%. It's up to 297,246. Our population has been increasing like gangbusters. And you've seen it happening in your neighborhood. Everybody's moving here. And the population is going up. But we're reaching fewer people. That's the point of action for us who believe in Jesus to realize that there are so many people out there who need Jesus. Let me illustrate it like this. Most all of us in here, this is an illustration. All of us in here have shoes on. We have shoes on and we have nice shoes. And these, these shoes help us to walk across different kinds of terrains and, and they help our feet. And we have been given, we've been, we have, we have a, a whole stockpile of shoes of all sizes, an unlimited supply 
of shoes in our closets here at the church. Shoes galore, unlimited. And just outside of these doors, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your schools, in the malls, in the stores, out there in the restaurants, there's 90% or more people that have no shoes and their feet are blistered and bare and aching and they hurt and they're walking around on sand spurs and hot pavement and their feet are raw and they're out there and they're complaining and they're saying, we have no shoes and we have all of the shoes. You see where I'm going with this? We have the message of truth for eternity. And there's piles and piles of people outside of these doors that don't know him. We need to share the truth. We need to give people our shoes. What's it gonna hurt us? It's an unlimited supply. We don't need to hold on to our shoes. We need to give them away. Jesus said, behold, the harvest is white. It's ripe. It's ready to be harvested. But there's few workers. So pray for those workers. Go out and share the gospel. That's our point today. I want to invite you on the internet. If you're watching this, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to say yes to him right now. In this room, if you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to say yes to him right now. And if you do know Jesus Christ, if you know him, not just about him, but if you know him, go and share him. We share our food and our dinner on Instagram and we put our clothes out there to tell everybody, we should tell people about the gospel. We should tell people about Jesus. Amen. To make it very clear, what you have to do is you have to believe in your heart. God said, it says in the Bible, confess in your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you'll be saved. In that sentence, there's also the second step to it, belief and repentance. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, making him the Lord of your life, saying that I was once walking towards sin and I'm gonna repent, I'm gonna change my mind, I'm gonna change my direction, I'm gonna turn and walk towards Jesus. If you believe and you repent, that's all you gotta do. Believe and repent, and then you're gonna grow, you're gonna understand that more. But that's what it takes to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. When we uh, sing this next song, if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to ask you to actually get up out of your seat and walk down to the front and come and tell me about it. We'll have a couple other counselors up here. If you want to come and tell one of them, if you want to tell a lady about it, if you want to just tell your neighbor, get up and tell tell somebody that's sitting next to you, tell them about it. Or I want to invite you to get up and and tell somebody, I'm going to share the gospel with somebody today. Somebody that I've been been praying about, somebody that I've been working up my, my courage to share the gospel with. I wanna, I wanna do that. This is the time where you make a commitment to put action to the words that we've heard today. While we sing, let's let those words ring true to us today and let's live them out. Not everybody's gonna go to heaven, but everybody can. So let's share that word. God, we love you. We thank you for your word and how you equip us for life, how you inspire us with truth. We thank you that the truth doesn't depend on us because we are wavering and we are sinful and we change with the winds. 
but you, God, are unwavering, unchanging, and you tell us how we can come close to you because you came all the way. We just need to believe in our heart and what you've done and accept your goodness. So, Lord, I pray for those that are watching online and those who are here in this room that don't know you, I pray that they will come to you. Lord, those that do know you, I pray that they'll be inspired to share you so that we can reach other people with your word. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As the band plays, um, you move if God is leading you to a decision.